0: Welcome to OK Video, coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. We are finally here again to talk about motion pictures. So much has transpired, but the main thing was getting to park and eat downtown for a whole week while I learned about dialysis. Being part of the hustle and bustle of the urban lunch hour was fun. I had ramen, veggie hash, and pho, not all at once, and somehow drove a different route out of downtown each time thanks to the ever-mysterious patterns of road construction that take place over the summer. My name is Nathan, and I'm joined, as always, by Ryan McCullough.
1: Hey there, Ryan here. Uh, I mean, we've been gone for a while on our side, but theoretically, when this comes out, it's going to be immediately I think after. There's
0: still a hiatus, you know. Yeah, there was there's a hiatus still... that it, we oh, yeah. for.
1: Yeah, we, we recorded two right. episodes, and then we're on this third episode. So, yeah. But it was Since also kind of worked out King. <laughs> for me, because like I was gone for two weeks on vacation, so it kind of was yeah. like a stars aligning... With like, oh, we should probably take a break type of thing.
0: Yeah. I, I just was kind of wearing down and needed to start dialysis, which I now have done. Yeah. Um, And yeah. So we're back. We're uh, back. Sorry to the gap, I guess, but that will have already happened. That has already before. happened because
1: we're at the end of the gap right now. So.
0: Yeah. Remember No Holds Barred? That was just two weeks ago. That's crazy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I do actually remember
1: No Holds Barred like it was two weeks ago. Uh, this yeah. movie
0: yeah it's fine it's okay did you revisit it or i is it... read
1: in-depth synopsis to remind myself okay so not
0: that you haven't seen it in the relatively recent past it's just you were prepared to record this much well before i was yeah so. I,
1: I think when it was one of those situations where you and i were tentatively set to record and then you weren't feeling great and then i was like soon getting ready to go on trip. so i was like you know what it's fine and
0: this one kind of slipped away from us. But seems, like, it's, yeah. it wasn't
1: like it wasn't like no holds barred. Like, I've seen this movie probably four or five times now. OK, so, it's so it's not like, oh, man, I'm going to struggle to remember what happened. I, I kind of have a good grasp of this movie.
0: And, any thoughts on local road work, though, before we continue? So <laughs> one I swear there was a time like I was driving out the same route I did the day before. And I was like, oh, this entire street is closed now. There's just, like, excavators digging up a giant hole in this road. And it's like, oh, okay. And then I had to take yeah. detours. Ended up in Ramsey. So,
1: I have, the like, the very fortunate bonus. So I have to qualify mine first. I I live very close to almost every aspect of my life. Like, very close okay, to every great. aspect of my life. Like, I'm two Easy communities poon. over from my work. And then same as my wife. And we carpool together. So, like, what I'm seeing is, like... I'm driving down this road, this community road that I'm normally down, and then one day they're doing wor- road work. And I'm like, oh, man, I have to go a block out of my way? I have to turn down a block and add an extra 15 seconds to my route? Ugh. So, no. No, I'm not really. I, okay, good. Yeah. It was, okay, ours was actually driving through the States when we went to California this summer. Um, there is zero chill. Drivers in the States have zero chill. Like, there's no, it's like, hey, what's the speed limit? It's 80 Crazy. Okay, I'm gonna go 83, so I'm not like a jerk, and I'm gonna stay not in the passing lane. And everyone's whizzing by. They're just like, there's no chill. There's no just like, hey, let's just take it easy, guys. Let's we're going at good speed. It's like I'm driving in the middle lane, and more people are passing me on the right than the left. Like it's crazy. Oh, I'm weird. Just,
0: I'm are, sorry. Are you saying 80 k or 80 miles per 80 hour? 80 <laughs> miles per hour. Which is like hundred and
1: thirty-five kilometers fast. an hour. Yeah, that's pretty fast. Yeah, and that is that's the speed limit in most speed. of most of Utah, Idaho, Whoa. and Nevada. I thought
0: they slowed it down to like fifty-five mph. Did no, it go not up on again? not on on
1: on uh, Interstate fifteen. Interstate fifteen. It is oh, 80, almost all the whole way. All right. <laughs> um, and again, like I'm saying, I'm going eighty, like two, 83 because I don't want to be the slow guy. People are whizzing past going 90, 95. Whizzing. Like, you get flying past. And grumpy anything, that or... I am going remotely close to the speed limit. But I'm, like, I'm smart. I don't ride. Like, I'm not one of those guys that, like, stays in the passing lane. Because, like, you don't stay in the passing lane unless you're passing, right?
0: Sure. People are passing Stay on the right. Yeah. yeah. But people,
1: like, I'm staying on the right, and people are flying past me on the right. <laughs> and people, like, it's... The most backwards like driving I've ever experienced in my entire life was just like there's more people passing on the right than there were on the left. I was so bumfuzzled. There was actually a section where I was driving through because it was with Ashley, we got to drive in a couple like HOV lanes, which is a carpool lane. So when we drove through Salt Lake City and the connecting cities, um it was an HOV lane, it was eighty miles per hour, and I was easily doing over hundred miles per hour because that was what the HOV lane was going.
0: Jeez, okay. Weird. That's very fast. I don't like. I don't know. My little Prius would want to be going that fast ever. No, my car doesn't. Nobody's in car situation. wants to be going that fast. But
1: gas is so yeah. cheap that it's just like let's well, just we can fly, man. But I could see the difference between seventy miles per hour and eighty miles per hour on my gas tank was significant. Like it was like like seventy goes like maybe a hundred miles longer than if I was going eighty because it's just that much more okay. that your engine's working that much harder. And then you just get guzzling the gas like it's
0: crazy, man. Get it together, Utah. Anyways, like, where are you going so fast? What are you rushing? That's through? what I mean. So you we're know? here. We
1: are <laughs> just driving and there's no chill. Like I now understand like road rage. OK, this is the other thing. So in Calgary, road rage is like a real thing. If you like cut somebody off or you t- you take someone's spot in front of them, they're just like livid, right? Like people will just like, Sure honk their horn or they'll be like aggressively wave at you or they'll follow you or do something or they'll cut you off in a later time. In LA, if you cut somebody off, they're just like, yeah, I'll left that spot open. That's fine. But like, it's aggressive that's aggressive driving do down to here. you <laughs> as well. Like you're just like being cut off, swerved around and you're supposed to just be chill about it because that's just how you it's drive. Like
0: whatever, nobody got hurt. I'm yeah. just driving fast. Just this is how you whatever. drive
1: there and I'm like, but man, like I'm leaving a gap because like adult, this offensive guy, driving. the guy in front of me, is driving like not very well, and then someone just like boom in front of the gap, and I'm just like, uh, uh, uh and here I am trying to be a Calgary driver, I'm like, no, what are you doing? And they're just like, what are you doing, man? You just, you had a gap, like it was the size of a car gap between you and the next car, and I'm like, yeah, because we're going 85 miles per hour, I need braking distance.
0: Man, this just reminds me of a fun scene in L.A. story where it's, like, traffic in L.A. and people will casually whip out guns and just have gunfights with each other in yeah. traffic. But okay. they're super fine about it. It's like, oh, yeah, no, you you need to always have a pistol on hand in case you get into some traffic. This is uh like the Steve Martin how we do it. comedy movie, right? Yeah, it's a Steve Martin vehicle, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like so this, that movie. Do you know what the next weird thing was? Just, like, completely... Cause I, sometimes when I'm in the states, I completely forget that I'm in the states. It feels like kind of like, like just like oh, it's another just like bizarro Canada. Canada. Yeah, it's just like yeah. a, an extension of us. Sometimes I forget, but here we are driving through Nevada, coming up to Vegas, and a bike whizzes past us like a, a motorcycle, and just sitting out of this guy's back, like behind his uh, jeans, like out of his pants, just a handgun. Yeah, like a Glock. Oh. <laughs> And I'm okay. just like, huh. All right. And then Ashley looked it up. She's like, yeah, this is Nevada's an open carry state. You can just have your gun. And Las Vegas keeps it under control because the hotels have a no firearms policy. So you're safe on the strip. But like anywhere else, it's like, no, it's just open carry. Someone can have their handgun.
0: Jeez. Yeah, that's pretty wild up here. I thought I thought the the end of that story would be like, ain't turned around. It was Steve Martin. <laughs> just no. like, oh, Actually, man.
1: Really, really bummer. I had zero celebrities the entire time I was there. So,
0: oh, but we did go
1: to Ashley's not gonna like. Well, you went to a baseball
0: game. We went to a baseball game. Big players. But but the
1: big thing we went to that Ashley's not gonna be pumped about me saying this on a podcast because she's very nervous about them is we went to uh, the Scientology Celebrity Center, and we walked like the street that Scientology owns, and they like. They own a they own a whole city block of in in Los Angeles, and they have cobblestone that block. But You can still publicly okay. walk it or drive it, but they have security twenty four seven going up and down on scooters, and like people talking. And we drove it just to kind of like I was happy to get out and so talk just, to somebody, just but actually scout just, it like, out. No, you can't. Like it's like they have security patrolling okay. this it's public street. Like, are you supposed street. to be here? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And so, as we were huh. driving by, like, we just drove by, slowed down a bit. We had, like, I had a security guard eyeballing us the entire time. So, anyways. <laughs> okay. That was, that was huh. anyways. Anyways, uh, I shouldn't have probably said that on a podcast that goes on the internet. But
0: Well, we've already talked about Battlefield Earth and stuff. It's just a follow-up to that. Like, it we love that movie to, so much. We had to and go And to be fair the to them,
1: guys, I love Battlefield Earth. Like, genuinely one of my all-time favorite movies. You go to my Letterboxd account, I'm pretty sure... It's in the first spot, so yeah. Like if anybody and, ever and asked your me, love like, hey,
0: eclipsed mine, so I had to gift my poster to you. Because yeah, like, oh, well, you this. If anybody ever asked <laughs> yeah. me,
1: like, you ever seen those interviews where like Letterboxd like, hey, what's your four top movies? Like Battlefield Earth will be in that list, 100%. Guys, like I'm. You've read it too. I right? even read your terrible book. Sorry, I even read your <laughs> amazingly long book. I was amazed by yeah. how long it was.
0: There's the court stuff in there you're talking like about. There's like intergalactic
1: yeah. alien courtroom scenes. It's impressive how many words are in that book together.
0: <laughs> that sequel would be less expensive. So, if true, I would have
1: paid hard, my hard earned money to go see Battlefield Earth. Oh, sorry. It's in the fourth spot. I have three okay. legit movies, and I used to have two legit and two ironic. Now I have three legit and one ironic in my okay. four. Okay. So. And ironic uh, being now like, now I still actually love ironic. Battlefield Earth, it's just ironic because it isn't a great movie, it, but I it's, love
0: it. It's sort of objectively really badly made, but <laughs> yeah. it's it's
1: something. It
0: <laughs> Anyways, okay. Anyway. Uh, I'm Ryan, as always,
1: we are a podcast talking about movies, and we're back. And
0: this is Nathan. That's right. Uh, this week, we are finally going to discuss The Rundown, a motion picture that Ryan watched many weeks ago before my health took a downturn and I needed some recoup time. Uh, it came out in 2003, and I had thought for years that this was a successful movie. Uh, but it cost $85 million and only managed about $81 worldwide, uh, 47 domestic. So it was kind of a bust a little bit. Um, but so it goes. Uh, critics kind of liked it, though. It's at like 70% or something. Mm-hmm. So it's fresh-ish. Uh, it was directed by Peter Berg and written by R.J. Stewart with some help by James Vanderbilt of uh, Zodiac fame and also the new Scream movies you were saying he's the guy yeah Yeah. okay Um, it came out September 26 2003 and I'm going to tell you about it uh, in a sort of ham fisted way so just hold on Uh, in 2003 Vince McMahon gave The Rock two options option A get paid 12.5 million dollars to perform in only a second starring role alongside Rosario Dawson Sean William Scott and Christopher Walken option B not do that uh, obviously, he chose option A, and as such, his character Beck gets to travel the world, giving much better written options to sinister characters for roughly 100 minutes. There's a hidden treasure, henchmen with whips, and a bunch of wild stunts, many performed by his cousin, Tanoi Reed. Fun fact, in the UK, this movie is known as Welcome to the Jungle, and it began a tradition that continues to this day of having the rock star primarily in jungle-centric pictures. And this is the uh, he, first of in the jungle. two movies that have like that year no no
1: no no that like he has movies he has two movies that are called welcome to the jungle
0: literally called welcome to the jungle yeah, yeah. the the version we had was a uk blu-ray i guess because the title came up and it was fully welcome to the jungle and i'd never seen that before so Wait, you have like, a oh. uk
1: blu-ray of this movie
0: no it's a rip so oh yeah, yeah someone yeah, yeah, helped yeah. us out gotcha across the sea but yes uh Weird but yeah. fitting, this mostly takes place in Brazil in a jungle yeah. where there's treasure, oh, yeah, and diamonds. And mines. the rundown
1: doesn't really make sense.
0: There's a song, uh, at the end that's about running down uh, people, uh, so that was kind of emphasizing but like, I think the, rundown, the title.
1: A rundown is when you like at a restaurant, you have like you do a rundown before the night service, so I think it's trying to reference that but you only have a vague oh, is it? hint that Beck wants to be a chef, but that's about it.
0: Oh, yeah, there is that. There, There is his dream of, like, porcini mushrooms, and he's listening to, like, who is that cook from Bobby Futurama? Flea. They make a joke about him. Bobby is it? No, no, I don't know. No, uh, it's like Ez- Ezreal or whatever. What's that guy's name? I don't know. But did you what? know okay. James,
1: James <laughs> Vanderbilt, the writer of this film? Yeah. He's a Vanderbilt.
0: Of the what? Of the Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilts. Famous Vanderbilts. Like, mm-hmm. The famous,
1: very, very wealthy affluent family who owned like half of New York City at one point.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's too bad, I guess. But here's the thing. There's he, nepotism.
1: No, he got cut off from his family. So at one point, like all the kids got like cut off and they said, you have to make your own millions. So he went and like mm. went to school, blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. It's army and hammer. The, you it, have to be like, oh, that guy's that guy's fine. shouldn't be here. And he, he he'll might be fine him. the rest of his life. He'll he's living on some of that army hammer, what's it called, Arm and Hammer? Money. Yeah,
0: that box of uh, baking soda that's in your fridge. Yeah, like money right in his pocket. Hundred percent. So. Yeah, he's gonna be fine.
1: <laughs> whether whether there are accusations he's got, he'll be fine. He's got he's got your baking
0: powder, baking soda, money. So yeah, there's no way around it. If you like cookies, you're gonna be helping him out. Or but if anyway, you have smells, uh, <laughs> yes, odors in your fridge that you want to damp yeah. down. He's going to be there. We we contributed
1: money. a lot to their family because when we moved into our new place, it was like, this fridge smells weird. So we were just like constantly putting in baking soda everywhere. So mm-hmm. anyways.
0: But yeah, it's been probably 15 years since I've seen this movie uh, prior to this viewing. I, I definitely it in, saw it close to when it came out. But you didn't uh, see it in theaters. Sorry. I did not see it in theaters. Now I saw it kind of home video at a friend's house in like 2004, probably
1: okay. Um, I saw it at the Cheaps in Calgary, so Canyon Meadows is where I, I saw it. Because is 2003,
0: okay. right? 2003, yeah. Yeah, so, fall 2003.
1: Yeah, it was like the year after I'd left working there, and I saw this. And Pro- then prime was, target
0: for this, I would have been like 16. Like, I would have probably been into this movie if I was right on it, but I just didn't, sure, didn't get yeah. it on board.
1: But like, um so, a couple things like right out of the gate. $85 million for this movie, I'm just like, where did that... That's like a that's a pretty big budget for this size of a movie, in that era, in
0: that time. That's expensive. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I I was kind of like while I was watching, I was kind of like I was not like kind of a cute little movie here. This is a nice little thing we got going on, and it's like this cost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, well I get I guess with like the diamond mine scene that looked kind of weirdly elaborate for no reason, like, like just a bunch of extras or CG people or whatever is going on there. So and just uh, for... when they're surveying that. Just for like context,
1: Terminator Three came out earlier that summer, like earlier that year, just a couple months earlier, and it was like yeah. one of the most expensive movies ever at 150 million dollars. So today we're used okay. to like 150 being a actually pretty low big movie budget
0: for like a tent pole, yeah, yeah, that's not that's not actually that. Yeah, bad. we're
1: used to like 200. When we hear like 300, we're like, okay, yeah, that's high, but that makes sense.
0: Eighty-five, like now, like, I would expect small. a blue beetle to cost one hundred fifty million. <laughs> and it is you know, like it's actually like that's
1: that. a low budget too. Like everyone's like, "Oh, one fifty for blue beetle." That's like uh, that's nerve wracking.
0: A little bit, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway.
1: um, when you go to the early two thousands, like one fifty was like the highest budget ever approved for a movie, and as Terminator Three, so eighty five was like the mean budget for like a big tentpole action film. Hmm. And this was like the Rock's first starring vehicle.
0: Like, well, second because the Scorpion King. Yeah. Landed. Okay. Sure. Yeah. First was but, the like Scorpion that's King like diff- a franchise movie that's kind of spinning out and has and some it do, legs. Of it its did own. well, but like not really that well, right? Not Mummy. Well, yeah, no. we were kind of talking about that. So, yeah, and I, I was amazed at like the price The Rock was already demanding at this point. Like, $12.5 million is pretty good for like this guy's really new. Like, this guy yeah, this is second. I movie, bet that's a lot of that is know?
1: Vince's money, though, because like, The Rock was a yeah. well paid wrestler at that point. So he was like, hey, do you want to like lose a year of wrestling money to go make this movie? And Vince was like, I'll pay you this much. So I bet sure. Yeah, it's it,
0: weirdly inflated maybe by his wrestling clout. Because I don't think he made that still, much in subsequent non WWE films. Sure, like they're not opening the wallet for be, be cool or something to get him. In there <laughs> yeah, or like too a fairy. Stuff sure. like Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or race. switch okay. That said, like watching watching this, I was just like, "This is a pretty entertaining movie. This has oh, yeah. a lot going on yep. in the stew. This this has like some fun." like proto uncharted business going on with sean william scott yeah and then somebody like having to chase him down and be like you're being really reckless and crazy we need to take you out of this situation like you're yeah. you can't be a treasure hunter it's like ah darn it so that's the rundown i'm thinking is like his dad is paying him to run down his son and bring him back out of that yeah, part of the world but it's
1: called the but, rundown
0: yeah So and at mean- the end of the movie he literally says like your son was a tough rundown so, okay. in the context of his retrieval expert job, yeah, I guess, I guess uh, that's how they're spinning it. But yeah,
1: I mean, for me, when this movie came out, this was like peak couple things for me. Like there was a blip in high school where I was getting back into wrestling because there was this WrestleMania 18, where it was a couple years. Sorry, I was about a year and a half out of Vince McMahon buying WCW which was like his big life. Okay. He just straight bought them out yeah. from from Warner Brothers. And they he amalgamated it all together and a a year and a half later the NWA made their de- NWO made their debut at WWF. But these were all like returning people like Hulk Hogan back in the WWF again for the first time in like over a decade, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash as well. And WrestleMania 18 was like the big WrestleMania coming up in a few months. And they had like a giant uh, match set up for Hulk Hogan versus The Rock at the Skydome in Toronto. And uh, um, it, it was such a big match because uh, going into the match, Hulk was the bad guy because was still Hollywood Hulk Hogan, part of the NWO. And the Rock was the babyface, like he was the popular amongst all the fans. But okay. whatever reason, the last time that Hulk wrestled in Skydome on such and WrestleMania was WrestleMania six when he wrestled uh, Ultimate Warrior, and now such a massive ma- match because it was title for title. It was the the World Champion um, Hulk versus the Intercontinental Champion Ultimate Warrior, and it was such a massive match because it was one everyone was looking forward to. Going into this match, Hulk was a full on heel. But the crowd cheered him on. And The Rock did something so that I gotta give him a lot of credit for. He turned heel and became the heel for that match in that match because the crowd was not cheering for him. So there's a couple spots okay. in the beginning where he was supposed to do stuff to finally get over on a Hulk, and the crowd was supposed to react big because that's what happens when he, a baby face acts like that way. But it wasn't happening. It was anytime the Hulk did his classic moves like Hulked out, or so in mid match, they restructured the entire match on the fly. Um, so that way Hulk could get hit, get his moments. And they made that match the biggest wrestling match of the whole cart. And they weren't even like the main event. Like it was by far the best match of the night. And they had another main, they had the championship fight next and nobody cared about it because this match was so massive. Um, okay. Anyways, The Rock was like peak wrestling at this point. And so for me, that was like, oh, okay, I'm fully on board with this guy who's incredibly entertaining in the ring, making a jump to movies. I'm there. I'm ready to watch this movie. Plus, I also was really a Sean William Scott fan. So I was like, double whammy. I'm there. So, I, I don't
0: think – this movie probably helped make me a Sean William Scott fan. Uh, I, I hadn't been exposed to the American Pie movies really at this point, and that's what he was known for at yeah. this point in time, I would say. Well, then in uh, Bulletproof so, Monk. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I saw ads for Bulletproof Monk but didn't go see Bulletproof Monk, so no, it's I missed good. that opportunity as well. Um, and dude, where's but, my car? I'd seen part of Dude, Where's My Car on a TV at some yeah, point, yeah. but There's no, like this a is definitely. Bit. So Stifler, <laughs> but, yeah.
1: the only reason why I'm making those distinctions is those two characters are very different than his Stifler character, who is not like a likable person for most of He's the. He's kind of the
0: raunchy guy or whatever. He's like, a bully for the first Belushi two movies, or full
1: on, full on bully. And then the third one, okay. he becomes like more of a character. But that's all before okay. all these things. So. American animals. Wedding,
0: I guess that would be. Yeah,
1: yeah, American Wedding.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, But I, I don't know. I've kind of held a, like, candle for Sean William Scott, like, Cop Out. I kind of was like, he's really good in Cop Out. Like, this movie's <laughs> terrible, but he's doing some stuff. Like, there's some funny bits. Oh, he was by uh, far the best part of Cop Out. Like, he was the yeah, only shining like, I kept shining my copy light. of Cop Out because he's there and has some funny <laughs> moments. So, whatever. And he, he, he like, dies is... in that movie and then just comes back. Cause it's yeah. like no, he's too funny. Like he he, yeah. he did not break his neck. Apparently, it's it's ridiculous. There's,
1: that movie man is so painful, and it had all of the ingredients to be like, oh, this could be a really fun movie.
0: Mm-hmm. That's such a bad movie.
1: Anyways, but he's great. It's uh, bad, yeah. Goon Goon is my big like Sean William Scott like Spotlight movie, and I'm like
0: yeah. He gets a real character to get into and stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Or, or there's this movie, the promotion with Chauncey yeah, Wiley that I weirdly is... got attached to, where it's like these grocery store managers, yeah, trying to like vying for this for promotion, the same like super assistant
1: manager position, and they're just like being really yeah. mean to each other. Yeah, I know. It's I don't know. It's really weirdly... charming about it. Yeah, there's charming, but also really sad too, because it's like kind of plays it really plays a low key where you feel the stakes of the choices they're making. So it's not quite mm. like to the same level of a lot of those movies that are coming at that time. Like when they made a choice to like do something to the other person, you saw the consequences of those choices in real life. Not necessarily like this comedy version world type of thing. Sure. But it's still, <laughs> I think dinners. I'm
0: also remembering like there was a really like dismal like break room at the grocery store in that movie. And I was just yeah. like, that is accurate. I worked at a grocery store, and it was like one of the most bland, boring, fluorescent-lit places I've ever seen. Yeah, is yeah. behind the scenes of the grocery store, so yeah. they nailed that like melancholic little flavor in there. Uh, but here he's he's just kind of a goofball, wild card, treasure hunter man. Yeah, I, he's I guess, he's right? playing the
1: sidekick. He's playing the sidekick character to like he's bouncing comedy off of the rock, who's playing a little bit more of a straight sure. guy. The Rock
0: is being, like, the stern, serious, like, we need to get out of here. There's there's important stuff going on. And yeah. Sean William Scott's the guy kind of making it messy, like, driving off a cliff or whatever <laughs> early on. Uh, but before we get to that, like, Beck kind of has to fight an entire football team. Uh, and I thought that <laughs> well, there was some fun style to how that was introduced. Like, that was probably where before, I was.
1: Not before he walks into that club and walks right past a famous person.
0: A famous person wishes him luck. Who says yeah, to, him, um,
1: uh, good luck in there or something like that. Or
0: have fun in there or something. Have like fun that? in there.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. He walks uh, past Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. who was full on governor at that point. No,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: quite governor. Was he governor?
0: No. Cause I mean, we're saying this is when Terminator three is coming out, but yeah. he he's on his way to politics and out but, of the movie, but he's like shortly.
1: Yeah. And he, everyone was like, Oh, that's the passing of the torch. Like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's the new Arnold Schwarzenegger of our generation. And I was yeah. like That's not true, it turns out.
0: He would become a big guy though. Like a he big, become, big oh, yeah, you're right. He'd become a box big office guy. guy.
1: He would become big a very guy.
0: large man. Large man, lot of lot of box office though. I wasn't I wasn't seeing sanity. A lot of, a lot of people did.
1: A lot of franchises. Yeah. He became the franchise. Skyscraper. Guy. Yeah. That wasn't a big movie. The fifth
0: it wasn't? It didn't do well Sky somewhere? No, I lost money. So
1: did, uh, Rampage, so did uh, Rampage. So did, like, San Andreas. Even G.I. Joe 2 lost Andreas money. San Andreas did 2. really well. But okay. It wasn't until Fast okay. and Furious where he, like, and, like, he was, like, the juice guy. Like, he's the guy, like, oh, we want to make juice a journey up, to the Andreas sequel? We'll put The Rock in there. Get The Rock. He does.
0: Pinch hit yeah. The Rock. <laughs> put him in to the jungle one. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't at this point in time though like I probably was kind of like oh okay and that's a that's a huge vote of confidence <laughs> like I would have actually yeah. responded to that i well, was especially because for that
1: what did we have at that point was, was like we had the scorpion king which i guess was the Conan, Conan like Conan the barbarian ripoff
0: equivalent yeah like sure. yeah.
1: an over the like a very short cameo in mummy returns that's it so it's like, already, yeah. it's like, no, Arnold's like, no, you're me now. And I'm like, man, Arnold, you even had to work to kind of get to the spotlight point in your career.
0: Yeah, you still have to make like raw deal and stuff before Her- you Hercules get Hercules to... in
1: New York or Hercules Goes Bananas? Which one was it? It's in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, Herbie went bananas. I'm pretty sure Hercules, Hercules Goes Bananas. That. I just,
1: it's not, I think it might be Lou Frigno
0: okay and yeah they had to dub his voice and everything so yeah like schwarzenegger's path to the top was much longer i guess but there's also there is red Sonja and years.
1: conan the destroyer
0: yeah those are bad yeah. movies <laughs> and terminator is weird because he's the villain in that first yeah and one, that was right? actually so so yeah so Anyways, i guess that's equivalent saying. to his first scorpion king appearance maybe definitely like, like vince villain. mcmahon like stacking the cards boosting his guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So uh, but I don't know. I, I kind of liked this pretty quickly, like yeah. Beck fighting all those guys and giving them the choice of kind of like, hey, like, I don't want to mess with anything here. Like, I just need your Super Bowl ring as collateral or yeah. XFL ring or whatever that was. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and that's just how it has to be. Like, I, I, I'm not in control of this here. I, I'm just doing a job. And then the football players are obstinate about it. And it's just like, all right, I guess I got to f- beat all you guys up. And there are some absurdly large football players in this bit. Like, yeah. one guy is listed as, like, 6'10", and one is 6'11 and, a half. and I was like, those are some of the biggest football players in the history of football, if that is true. <laughs> like, that is crazy. Yeah. And he he fights them all. He fights the entire offensive line. He fights the entire – yeah. And, and he, he his big thing is he yeah. doesn't want to hurt them because he has a promising
1: season of, ahead of them, right? yeah like, it's like
0: they could seriously repeat this year yeah. i actually enjoyed the confidence in that too he's not worried for his own safety he's like i'm a big football fan and this is going to be really bad for their team when i crunch all their skulls in a couple <laughs> yeah. minutes like i i'm sorry but again it's not I even like and do he does that.
1: it in actually a pretty nice like he does it in a good way where it's not breaky it's just like it's just confidence without it being like ego you know it's just like no yeah. Just he ducks out to the, the
0: bathroom to talk to his boss and we're kind yeah. of like initially like oh man he's scared because he's gonna have to fight all these guys and then it becomes apparent like no no that's not why he has to call (laughs) "Ah, that's fine that's cool yeah uh and then yeah he has to go back out there and did you not get
1: like super peter bird vibes though
0: i i didn't know who directed this until the final card hit like this time so i was just kind of quietly like okay, there's some fun style here. Like they're introducing this football player and then you get some like Zam, like wham bang, like skull crunching plays out on the football field and like an x-ray of a skull or something. And it's just like, this yeah. guy's really tough. And then his stats appear on screen. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. all right, I don't, I'm, I'm up for this, I guess. And then Beck's stats appear after he's fought them all. And then the title card comes up. And I was like, there's some fun style. Like, all right, whoever this is, is doing a pretty good job. And then at the end, I was like, oh, it's Peter Berg. I don't really like Peter Berg, but this might be my favorite movie of his, I guess. (laughs) Uh, That was kind of how I reflected on it because I wasn't a big Hancock guy. Uh, This movie, The Kingdom, got kind of overhyped to me by someone I know. So I don't know. By who? Yeah. Cody loved the action in that movie. He was like, oh, there's a part in this movie where it just starts and it doesn't stop for like half an hour. And that kind of happens. But I just didn't care about the characters or what was going on. Well, yeah, so it didn't. Jason really...
1: Bateman in an action movie seems like a bad yeah.
0: choice. Jamie Fox was there, I think, too. Like, right? I was. There's like a I, big I, shootout. Well, I mean, at that point, I hadn't.
1: At that point, I hadn't turned on Peter Berg because I did like this, and I thought Hancock was okay, like a big shrug. But like, okay, um, but didn't bug me. You know what I mean? Like, didn't walk away being like, "Oh, that was a piece of crap." You know. Ugh.
0: Sure, uh, sure. I've actually heard a lot of like the first half is better than the second half, kind of things with that movie. first half is because yeah, that's
1: know. when the oh man the second half of that movie. Have you ever seen it?
0: I I've seen the first half with like a guy at work, yeah. and then he had to go back to work, and I was like, "All right, you know what? I'm on, I'm good. I don't really need any more Hancock." So I've never <laughs> no, seen the, the second, second half. half of that Cause movie because you told me about all this weird lore with like, yeah Charlie it introduces like that they're
1: like they're like Greek gods. And Charlize and the Theron is, each his other. Ex, is his old wife, girlfriend, lover. And they continue to find each other. But when they find each other, they become more human. So they have to stay away from each other. But, like, he lost his... It's, I'm like, guys, why can't yeah. he just be a superhero? Why does it have to be this, like, weird Greek lore stuff? Because then they get the dude, like, who's in all those Guy Ritchie movies as, like, the main antagonist who's quietly, <laughs> like, scheming to take him down. But it's just, like, this short... British man, who's gonna like hurt him? And I'm like, this is ridiculous. But they built a MacGuffin in the thing where he becomes more human if he hangs out surely there on too much. It's okay, dumb. Yeah, I,
0: I never, I never saw that part of it. I just saw kind of disheveled Hancock. Drunk yeah, that was the stop, better. That he, was the better stuff in the movie when he was just like stopping a train or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: but like doing a terrible job of it, type of thing. Like just literally.
0: Yeah, kind of, kind of like. Sloppy superhero, like just like, oops, I accidentally like broke everything while I was doing that. Yeah, like he Ugh. he stopped and then just like shrugs off.
1: He stopped a <laughs> petty thief in a car by lifting his car up and throwing it in the air and like cr- like breaking a bridge, so he caused millions like of tons of, of damage property damage. That is like for like a ten thousand dollar necklace this guy stole. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah. Don't so
0: there, there was a fun goofball quality to some of it. Uh, I but, mean, there's okay yeah. when he's in jail. Because
1: he has to be, like, was pretty funny. Because like his Jason Bateman, he hires him as like to be his like uh like PR brand manager or... and he's yeah. like you gotta go to jail. And so he goes to jail and he's just like there by choice. Because there's like literally he escapes multiple times by just leaving and then he comes back <laughs> and it's like yeah, they don't like he just has to be there.
0: Like Like they can't contain me really, but I, I'm doing a public service kinda by yeah. brand yeah. managing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. okay um yeah anyways like there, there's Peterburg. a decent sense of humor here too i i felt yeah like there there's a good balance going on of just the, keeping it light for most i think of the it.
1: kingdom is where i turned on him because then he did battleship
0: yeah he did he did <clears throat> do battleship and, and then that i was movie had, his resume it's just like oh yeah the movie had so Go much ahead. potential
1: to be like a dumb fun movie and they just played it so straight and they yeah. get no one the, to the say. The movie in
0: my head while I was watching it was sillier and more funny than what was actually well, happening. They,
1: nobody so. said he sunk our battleship. Like, nobody said that it's in the right entire there. movie.
0: Just just have Liam Neeson say it. Yeah. <laughs> That's sort of And what then need to do.
1: And then he, then he just moved into super nationalism with, like, Deepwater Horizon and Patriot's Day. And stuff like that, that so. that's where
0: i was gonna say is like at some point he just joined forces with mark Wahlberg to make a bunch of stuff i have no interest in seeing so yeah it's like four movies in a row or something yeah, yeah. uh so yeah i've fallen off the peter berg train but 20 years ago he made a, a fun little de- like jungle flick with christopher walken and yeah. it was okay there was no 100 it is
1: had. a giant it's an okay movie so anyways beck mm-hmm. beats up these football players He goes back to see his boss, and his boss has, like, lording a debt over him. Like, uh turns out Beck borrowed money from him to start a restaurant and went under. And this boss of his has been like, you owe me, you have to pay me back by being, like, a thug until our debt's clear type of thing. Mm -hmm. And And he
0: still has dreams of getting back to the restaurant biz, but he needs to save up enough money again. And it's like, hey, one last job. 250 grand you go down to brazil and get my son back and it's just like ah, okay and he's quietly a little racist to him in that conversation too so i kind of was like i don't like this guy like billy kind of sucks like his boss or whatever yeah so i guess that kind of set up the final bit where you like you start to get more endeared to the son than his like contractor or whatever uh so there there's a little payoff there but he gets in a janky plane and uh heads down there with this scottish guy uh, and this Scottish
1: guy, which is like, he's also the same, almost the same character in A V P. And
0: oh, okay, yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this guy, but I can't find well, it in my brain. So I'm just train spotting. He's in train spot. He's
1: it. a Danny Boyle guy.
0: Okay, yeah. He's thick-accented Scottish yeah. man, pilot guy, who's very cavalier about, like, having his plane duct taped together and stuff. And yeah, it's just yeah. like, oh, the runway's full of cows, don't worry about it, I'm just gonna scare well, them. Well, and, and then he Dwayne The Rock, and Rock
1: Johnson is scared of flying, like, that's his,
0: does not like yeah, flying. that's his character weakness or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which otherwise, never really Beck plays into the tough. rest of the movie at all. <laughs> like no like yeah you know it, it's like fortunately most of the action is going to take place on the ground so i'll, yeah. I'll be fine that's what uh. i mean like you gotta have like <laughs> yeah. if you're
1: gonna introduce a character weakness you gotta like have that play in the third act somehow no no he's
0: just fighting people just to fight on a plane no, he has his, to get okay rid of that fear the
1: thing that they do set up he doesn't use guns so they set this up early yeah he intentionally yep. is like no i don't use guns i don't use guns for anything when i use a gun like bad things happen like really bad things happen and so he keeps uh-huh. saying this throughout the whole movie. I just want to say that because it does start early in the movie where it's, like, intentionally. Oh, it's,
0: it's pretty funny. Like, I, this was in 2003, so it's it's totally fine. But since 2007, all this makes me think about is Nicholas Angel in Hot Fuzz. Like, how that just doesn't <laughs> go off until the final act also. Yeah. And it's, like, like he, he, he has the little, like, uh... P shooter or whatever at the carnival and it's like whoa yeah. nicholas angel is crazy good at shooting and that's like this this isn't gonna happen for a while though don't worry about it <laughs> so it's kind of the same payoff <laughs> yeah, yeah. structure but whatever uh i guess this is an action comedy too so yeah
1: <laughs> well it's just like a nice little like sprinkle that can like get you hyped for when it does go off it just gets you a little more hyped for it right sure so. sure
0: and it, in the meantime, though, any time guns are around, he's just, like, grabbing them from somebody and then disassembling them and yeah. throwing the pieces apart. He's using really. it as, like, like a weapon, not. like a
1: bat or something like that. He's, like, hitting somebody with
0: the club side. I'll club you with the shotgun, not shoot yeah. you with it. That's yeah, that's exactly. my code of honor or something. Yeah. Uh, or, or the one bit where he, like, pops a clip to, like, trip Sean William Scott, which yeah. is pretty great. Like, it's like, oh, he's running away, and then he, like, pops a clip out, so he steps on it and goes, ah, and, like, does the split, so it's like, He
1: does ah, a banana peel with a clip, get away. yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, it is.
0: There, I don't know. There's, there's some solidly staged, like, over-the-top goofiness happening with some of these action scenes. Like, I felt The Rock gets, like, air-juggled a bunch of times. Like, he is, like, up in the air, and someone's hitting them uh, while he's up off the floor, and he's, like, twisting around oh yeah there's some there's some pretty good wire work
1: in this movie around some like around hits not necessarily around like like wire foo uh it's around like so like one of the first ones in the movie for me that i always thought was pretty cool is there's a henchman that does have a whip you said this in the in the summary yeah
0: and it's like key to this we get introduced to him
1: one so he goes and so beck goes and sees christopher walken who owns this town who is like a coal mining town he clearly using slave labor and he's I, like, I
0: feel it's a diamond mine, but yes. Yeah. yeah sorry. Diamond yeah. mine.
1: Uh, I mean, think they're the same thing because coal comes, diamonds come from coal. Coal,
0: If compressed enough, maybe which is all it just means that you find diamond.
1: coal deep enough in the earth. It's turned into
0: a diamond. Yeah. So yes, he, he's kind of this like slave runner guy over this yeah. whole town. And yeah. so
1: he's like, I, I'm going to go talk to the head of the table, letting you know I'm in your backyard, blah, blah, blah. He's paying his respects so he can go and find Sean William Scott easier. He Christopher Walken kind of signs off saying like, "Hey, yeah, you go get him." He goes and gets goes and find Christopher finds Sean Williams Scott pretty quickly, um, and he's about to apprehend him. In walks Christopher Walken, who's nagging on his deal and just being like, "No, actually, I want this kid because I want the what he's looking for." And uh, stuff goes down. They have to go on the run, but then the whip guy brings out his whips, and he, like a chair goes flying at him. And he whips yeah. this chair and it goes splintering into pieces with some pretty good wire work chair stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. That so. probably
0: wouldn't happen, but it's pretty great. Yeah, he like somehow sl- like slashed so hard that this chair exploded yeah. into splinters I think, and fell apart. It's, I
1: mean, it wouldn't yeah. do that like that, but he his whip is gnarly though. Like yeah. he has like metal bearings on it and stuff like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. Uh, and when he tries to whip the rock right away, he just catches it, catches yeah. at the end of the whip, and they yeah. kind of have this standoff. Uh, where yeah, it's like they're they're really being jerks about it because he paid ten grand for the right to yeah. take Sean William Scott out of there, and then m- moments later they're just like, no, we actually want this this treasure though, the gato or yeah. whatever, this golden idol. So no, we're we're gonna have to not honor that, and it's like, what's like uh, price to do in business and it's like well screw you guys I'm just going to have to fight you so he fights all of them they get out of there but Sean William Scott pulls his wild card move and like says like hey enjoy the fall what pulls the jeep and they go crashing down and there's an amazing tumble stunt <laughs> from these two like these two guys it's yeah. it,
1: it was amazing because it made me think of uh like uh, the almost the parody hot of rod. that scene in hot in hot rod <laughs>
0: Yeah, Hot Rod also has a great tumble stunt. But th- this is this is similar. Yeah, like, they, they kind of even have a moment where they, like, show them tumbling and then zoom out to show how much peril they're actually in. Yeah. Because it's like, this is like a cliff. Like, this is really well, bad. And, and, and to be fair, the stuntmen in
1: these scenes, they, they, they're, like, actually tumbling intensely. Like, they're doing a good yeah. job of it. But, man, they are, like, making big rolls, big bounds. Like, I'm thinking maybe... Mm-hmm. They exaggerated the hill by putting the camera on angle a bit. But sure,
0: it's there's there's still some pretty good like people hitting trees. Well, that's that's where the the around. rock
1: being like flung through the air because you would hit the multiple <laughs> branches of trees and just go like bouncing off of them like he, gravity doesn't exist. Type just of pinballing
0: thing. off of stuff yeah. a lot in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they tumble all the way down into a river. And now they're just in the jungle for yes. for a period of time here. Um, and they're trying to kind of just make their way back out to the pilot or whatever who is waiting for them. Yeah, uh, he's just trying to get meantime, his way back. Kind of, Sean,
1: trusting yeah. that – and then Sean William Scott who's kind of like begrudgingly going because he wants to stay and find the Gato. Because Sean William Scott's big thing is he wants to be essentially Indiana Jones but for money. Like he just wants to. Well, be... people
0: people keep throwing that at him. People keep saying like, "Oh, you just want the money. You're not honorable or whatever." And he's like, "No, no, I'm I'm just a good like archaeologist kind of guy. Like, I'm just a serious dude." And it's like, no. you just want millions of dollars? Like, come on!" And then he kind of gets to have a moment with that at the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, I, I maybe still he think rose he rose to the occasion in the meantime. Yes, you know? but
1: I think I think he was that guy until he saw what happened to like those rebels type
0: those people yeah. yeah like so rosario dawson's character is kind of first introduced as just this bartender slash like kind of flame for sean william scott they yeah. kind of have a flirty relationship and also perhaps like they'll go in on finding this treasure together right yeah. like he needs her boat or whatever to do that yeah uh but she shows up kind of in the jungle to kind oh, of we skipped
1: we skipped one action sequence i want to talk about
0: Sure, go go ahead with it, cause, okay, because Dwayne The Rock Johnson the rebels, right?
1: also has this movie and the sequel to the other Welcome to the Jungle movie has, like, sequences centered around this movie's baboons and that movie's mandrills. He's, like, a big, oh, like... Oh, right. This movie's baboons. Yeah, it's, you're right.
0: I forgot about the, the pissing scene slash boar trap business. Yeah, the you're pissing right. scene's yeah. pretty
1: funny. So, Sean William and Scott is Sean handcuffed Scott. behind his back, but he has to go pee, and he's, like... Like, do you want me to pee my pants? And he's like, no. But it's like, I need I need your help to pee. And so The Rock, like, he, he convinces The Rock to pull Zipper down. But then he's like, well, I can't get my junk out. And then The Rock's getting so angry. Like, no, you got to go right now. You have to go. And Sean William Scott has really good physical comedy stuff while he's trying to get.
0: Yeah. And, it, it, yeah, it's great. Just, like, his back to the audience or whatever. But you're kind of easily imagining, like, what's happening with him wiggling around and dancing and being like trying to, i can't get it out i can't oh oh and then it's like okay okay i got it it's it's pretty good it's pretty, it pretty good, good Dumb comedy there yeah and then uh, the rock but during the the scene where he's pissing like suddenly the rock just kind of steps on something and just pauses in terror or something like just like uh? and then gets <laughs> yoinked up into the air and Sean William Scott just just gets to go in on him and just be like, "Ha ha! You screwed up so bad. You're so stupid." And then he gets pulled by a trap like a moment later, and has to like, "No, no, I was just, I was just messing around." And then the rocks like punching him while they're hanging upside down. It's it's fun. It is fun, buddy. Well, and then, and then it turns into
1: a bunch of baboons show up, and then like. Some, like, just
0: start molesting the rock yeah. childish humor kind of happens ensues at that point yeah yeah a lot of yeah. boner jokes with with baboons which does happen I mean we talked about the fly in our very first episode yeah. this was a real onset concern with uh baboons they just they just can't help themselves sometimes yeah uh, so, <laughs> so yeah the like uh and I don't p- know if it's p- like Henson shop or what there's a pretty good fake baboon like there is it depends on the scene in their
1: head. there's always those cuts away from people are always real baboons but then like there's a couple scenes of a baboon screaming at them as they swing close to its face and it's like yes yeah. that's, that's way more intense than the creatures that you're showing me
0: <laughs> like that's like an animatronic monster yeah. or something so yeah and then yeah then uh, they so yes that yep
1: they get violated essentially by this baboon Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they make their way out of the trap. I can't remember how they get out of the trap.
0: No, I think I think the rebels show up. Like it's oh, their because they set up. The so trap, they right? come and apprehend them. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So I don't know if it's like Rosario Dawson's cousin or something. Like maybe just some dude who's also in the rebels. Is, is the guy who the, fights them? Yeah, yeah. So is he's there... like a big stuntman in Hollywood, huh? You would have seen him. In makes a... sense because he's doing some pretty high flying well, wire he... business here. You
1: probably remember this scene. Do you remember the the really odd scene where in Indiana Jones 4, where they're tomb raiding in Peru. Um, and then there's okay. just a bunch of fighters that come out after he found... Like those masked like,
0: dudes yeah, on the big... Yeah. He's the yeah.
1: main fighter dude in that scene. Um, okay. I also think he's in something else, like as a character. Oh, I'm pretty sure he's in three surf ninjas. He's in Surf Ninjas with uh, Rob oh, Schneider. okay. Pretty sure that's what Great. it is.
0: Great. Well, they're they're all speaking Portuguese and the movie makes the decision to not uh give you subtitles on that. It's just kind of Sean William Scott badly trying to translate things to the rock and the rock being really confused about what's going on. Yeah. And somehow negotiations break down to where it's just like, All right, they're gonna they're gonna untie you, but you need to fight them. And it's like, yeah. what? I don't wanna fight them. And it's like that I don't know, that's the that's the deal. Don't worry, you're really big, you'll probably win. <laughs> and then he has to fight their ringleader guy. And yeah, this is where you get a ton of just like the rock being bopped up into the air fighting game style and then like kicked midair and flying around this, this space as he, he gets worked over pretty hard in the first half of this fight. Yeah, this guy, think of this like a very, I, very tiny yeah. guy
1: knows some pretty intense something jujitsu yeah, and just is like he's pretty lame. muscle
0: bound, but yeah. he's a lot smaller. But yeah. you know, he's got the skills. or whatever. found he found uh, all It the... made me think of this. Good. It made me think of this like blur by Red recently, where it it reminded me of Steven Seagal, where it's like, oh, The Rock has a thing in his contract where he cannot lose a fight in a film. Like that's not is that actually acceptable? True? I've I, this is recent Reddit malarkey, and I wouldn't doubt it necessarily. This thing I wouldn't uh, doubt
1: it, but like. Now that I think about it, he—that's not true though, because in Fast Five, Vin Diesel and him fight, and Vin very much wins that fight.
0: Does he win that fight? He
1: wins win that, that fight. It's like he doesn't win the war, but he wins that fight. Like when they fight each other, when is that battle? Yeah, okay. he gets up and walks away when Rock is like on the ground hurting.
0: Maybe this is a recent amendment as part of the Vin Rock beef that's been going on. Well, they're back I, together I don't know. now. Are there buds again? Okay, great. Well,
1: but... Rock, Rock has made a bunch of failing movies in a row, so he now is coming back to the Fast So he needs though.
0: the franchise again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, in this, I was kind of like, oh, he's getting bapped around. Like, this is not going well. But then he does rise up and starts evening the score a little bit in the latter half. Yeah. He gets to use some of his skills. Is this the scene uh, but where then Rosario like... steps in to stop everything? Someone yeah, swings sorry.
1: a really big stick, and it explodes when it hits somebody in the face.
0: Yeah, there there's like a torch kind of thing. Like he he does boff a guy with like a burning limb or something. Yeah, and it's pretty it just great.
1: explodes in their face and I was always like in that's sparks. gnarly. Like yeah. that was that's real good, life. It's good stunt.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's some good <laughs> stunts. I mean, like I I was kinda happy to see some stunts. You know. Yeah, I mean
1: again in real life, most of this is not The Rock. This is Rock's cousin. We probably this just is really cousin. like The Rock's cousin. Like I feel like I need to see movies yeah. more with him in it.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I there was moments where i was like i'm pretty sure if i pause right now i'm gonna see not the rock like there's yeah. there's kind of like things with his hair or like little it's like i don't think that's the rock but i don't want to know i just want to suspend my disbelief and yeah, yeah, believe yeah, beck yeah. is flying through the air right now yeah so yeah. yeah um but yes they have this crazy like rope swinging around battle and then rosario kind of steps in and reveals herself to be part of the rebels and she's just like hey hey kind hey like stop the de facto stop with all this of- yeah. yeah, like she, she's a double agent or something like she's quietly in the town as a bartender, but she's secretly scoping out stuff for the rebels to try yeah. to fight back against Hatcher. Uh, and yeah, she kind of steps in and takes over for a bit with like, you know, you're going to get this treasure for me. Like we're not we have to have a deal where you guys like take care of this for me before we get you out of here. Yeah. Uh, and then she actually pulls like this weird fruit trick. Well, okay. So that. really quick, this movie turns into yeah. like this movie just Indiana like Jones for 10 minutes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, they stage yeah. this really elaborate Indiana Jones. Like when I think about the setup of this room of just like these sticks holding up these boulders,
0: I'm like, this, this was probably my least favorite set piece in the movie. Cause I was just like, what is this thing? Like, how is this even working? Like, in Indiana Jones, they just kind of quickly establish a logic of just, like, oh, don't touch the light. What? And then he puts his hand in it and, like, darts fly out or something. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. I see how this absurd mechanism works or whatever. Like, oh, the knight is going to co- chop off your head if you don't kneel and roll yeah, like, at this point Indiana Jones in the have thing.
1: to Just Like, you have to assume somehow, like, they built this, like, rollway for this boulder to come like crashing after you like that's
0: yeah and then it resets somehow maybe i don't know don't <laughs> worry about it it's <laughs> a one-time only yeah booby job uh this truly felt like a one time only like this cavern collapses and that's it for this this is what i mean like i mean in this situation really mystified
1: with these macguffins like why not just bury it really deep randomly with no map if you don't want someone to get it like why put it in this scenario go through this effort because it's still a holy thing to make it like but in this situation it's it is retrievable but like barely by any actual human being so it's like then why, what are you doing here, guys? Like, what
0: is the <laughs> setup here? <laughs> like, It's like, oh, I just want to go look at it and pray to the great panther. But pray Nah, you're going to get crushed by boulders. Through all these sticks?
1: Because <laughs> yeah. you can barely see it through all the sticks that are, like, the poles that are in the way.
0: It's a super weird trap, yeah. <laughs> like, it, there's some sort of logic to it. Sean William Scott is doing his best, like, you know, Nathan Drake thing with, like, his journal. And, like, oh, there's this panther in the floor, there's panthers and we have to move the sticks yeah. towards the panther and then it won't fall on us or something. But it's yeah. like, I don't get it. Because in the meantime, while he's doing this, there are just logs blowing up into splinters. <laughs> and the rock is just like, hurry up, it's going to fall. And he's like moving these things. It's like, this just seems like total chaos. Like, I'm not following how this is. Is this going well, well or not? It's probably like but Uncharted. They get the but they
1: You put it on easy level. And you suck. And so the game's like, all right, we're going to hold back the mechanics so you right. can get out of this room. Yeah.
0: We're, we're not going to crush you with the booby trap, <laughs> but it's going to fake tension throughout yeah. this whole thing. Oh, it's going to fall. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they, they get the treasure out of there. Uh, and then it kind of becomes this, like, who's going to get to walk out of here with the treasure? Because Rosario drugs them with this fruit, uh, Well, and, which and it, be pretty fair, funny. To be fair, it creates
1: bit. a pretty fun scene like they start to hallucinate and the figures like the people figures start to faces and everything start to morph and shape and
0: yeah fantastic goofy like early 2000s morphing effects going on like like hippo ear kind of wiggling going on a lot and just like big giant chin stuff it looks so silly uh, but yeah, like Sean William Scott's the first guy to kind of start seizing up and just sees the rock, looking ridiculous for a, a couple seconds before he passes out. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Rosario's just kind of like, sorry, you guys. I just you know had to had to take this thing. The you know there's no splitting it. I gotta save my town or whatever. Like she has pretty noble cause. Going oh yeah, on. she's yeah. trying to help her whole village not well, be slaves the rock, anymore.
1: The rock doesn't care. He's just trying to get out of this country with, um,
0: with uh, with his or whatever, like yeah. with, with Sean and Williams Sean Scott. William
1: Scott. So, at this point, yeah. I still believe he just wants to find the Gatto to prove to his dad that he could do something like this, and probably to make millions of dollars and be independent from his father.
0: Sure, okay, uh but either way doesn't doesn't work out for them. They get passed like knocked out. But she says like Hey, don't worry, you'll be back on your feet in a couple hours." Uh, I just, you know, gotta gotta go take care of. And my she's like, stuff, "Oh, so this is goodbye. how you
1: get out of the jungle." She does, she does give them direct direction. Oh yeah, she gives to directions the, to The runway yeah, to the airstrip, so they can leave. So she's like, "Oh, good for her." And, and then they do. They wake up and they beeline it right for the airstrip. And when they get there, they get some unfortunate. <laughs> you news.
0: you do get a bit of like them kind of still seized up while more baboons show up to to potentially get after them again. <laughs> And it's just like, no, go away. And then he kind of like reanimates in order to ward off yeah. these baboons. Pretty funny. Uh, and yes, then they walk out of there. And this is, this is one of my favorite pulpy fiction nonsense. Like it's literally in pop fiction too, where the good guy finds out like, oh, that person that just betrayed me is in trouble though. And I can't just let that sit. I got to go be a hero. You know, like I can't just leave, even yeah. though that's what I should do. I gotta I got go back. You know? I do
1: want to comment on one thing, because you did remind me of something. The scene where, yeah. like, The Rock is reanimating, he, like, is yeah. talking. He's like, go away, monkey. Like, he's talking in a really high-pitched voice. He's, like, got a goofy yeah. face. And I actually found this refreshing, because I feel like I, I don't necessarily... I, I, do, I do buy that The Rock has a contract where it says, like, I can't lose a fight. But he also, I think, has a contract where he controls his image at all times. Where like he always uh-huh. has to look a certain way and be a certain way and act a certain way. It's just really like kind of refreshing early days to see Rock like actually be kind of a goose. Just be
0: thing. silly. Yeah. 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 Like he he's still, you know, tough as nails, back or whatever, he can fight everybody. But yeah, he gets like a baboon hump in his face yeah. and then later like like it kind of reminded me of like Chris Pratt when he's seized up in jungle like uh, a dress World Two yeah like Dark Kingdom or whatever when he's like flopping he's hit with poison <laughs> yeah. and there's lava coming or whatever and I was just like this is dumb this is great dumb stuff right here or like Wolf of Wall Street the Quaaludes bit yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I just like seeing an actor have weird trouble using their motor skills <laughs> or something it's just easy comedy yeah so but I just I, yeah, I, I just it found it refreshing
1: was... to like see him be like not worried so worried about his image it made him like feel to me at least like oh okay this is clearly the rock that i started liking and then yeah if i like tr- if i like and yeah,
0: tr- scorpion king you get him with the ants and stuff yeah. you know like he gets to look like oh they got one over on me you know like
1: that's what i mean i, I don't know I'm i just looking, there's a, a little ridiculous it's a little more endearing because nowadays he just he's always such a superman and sometimes that can be cool when it's like he does ridiculous things like in the, in the fast and furious movies, but eventually just becomes like reductive and like boring.
0: I mean, what, what I'd hope for in like, does jungle cruise not take advantage of his sillier side? Yeah, it does. It,
1: but it's like Emily Blunt gets to one up him a bunch of times, which is, that is one of the more pleasant things of that movie. Cause she gets to okay. like, cause she had, they have a record cause,
0: cause from a distance that looked like it could be a winning formula. Like it was, I, I didn't see it, but it, yeah, it it's, okay. it, the
1: movie is okay. For me, what I really liked about it was the chemistry between the two and the repartee that... Because I went in being like, man, how's The Rock? The Rock is going to have to look like a goof because em- he, they have to give Emily Blunt something to make him look like a goof. And yeah. they do that. And I was kind of impressed. But I also see it as like The Rock. He does this in movies where he, he has somebody there challenging him. So in like the J- Jumanji movies, you have Jack Black... Every single scene he's yeah. in selling you and making the audience stare at him. So you kind of have the rock every now and again having to act like – like there's that scene where he's like, don't cry, don't cry because he's like Nat, Nat Wolf in this like adult – Oh, body. In, this,
0: in this avatar yeah. body or whatever. Yeah, And that's so it's right. just
1: like, okay, he can do these things. He just has to be like challenged by somebody else on set t- to be a goof. But whenever it's like his sole starring vehicle, where he has nobody else around him, like to push yeah. him there, it's just him being way too serious super serious and or yeah.
0: something. Yeah, we might get a taste of that next week, but I'm still curious to see how that goes. Johnny anyway.
1: Knoxville's in that um, movie, so
0: oh okay, because yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like with this, you get Sean William Scott constantly yeah. being the kind of goofball near him. And it kinda helps them have that kind of like frosty, yes, goofy energy with each yeah, other exactly. or whatever. So it works out. But yes, so they're back at the airstrip, they get word that Rosaria Dawson was actually captured minutes later <laughs> after taking the idol. Or <laughs> minutes whatever. later to us, but so I, I assume like,
1: I assume hours maybe day later for them.
0: Sure. They they were out for six hours, so maybe four hours later she gets captured and she's starting to be tortured or whatever back at the village. Yeah. And they're just like, oh man. You know, I had a deal with her like there's kind of just this moment of the rock like Beck weighing this situation where like the pilots like, come on, let's get out of here. You said we wanted to go back to L.A. Let's do it. And he's just kind of like, "No, I made a deal with her. Like I said, she they get the Gato and I get Sean William Scott. They don't have the Gato anymore. I got to go set this right or whatever. So he like heads back into town, like kind of old west. You know, Gary Cooper versus everybody or whatever, like lone gunman, but not a yeah. gunman at this point in yeah. time. So th- I don't know. It's just it's easy stuff, but it's stuff. that's just like, no, he's got to be noble. He's got to do the right thing. And yep. I'm all kind of always on board. That's a button that you could push with Nathan and he'll be like, yeah, that's really good. That's that's good. This guy's <laughs> a good person. Like, this is great. Yeah. This is great stuff right here. <laughs> so. it, I mean, it's it's
1: nice when a character is written with a moral code and then they follow through with that moral
0: code yeah. even if you even if you don't like the moral code but they still like you know like wow that guy's true to his principles or yeah. something there's something noble about it yeah uh and in the in this interim we've had little bits of like hatcher and his cr- cronies being like a step behind them but it kind of didn't matter you know like they're just kind of like oh that Beck, i'm gonna get that guy <laughs> like out of a river or something yeah. and then nothing uh but then it, they managed to okay sorry so Christopher Walken's sitting there looking at a bunch of monitors. <laughs> yeah. And then things start going bad for his, his – like, they lock down the town because they, they they have an option A, option B conversation with Beck on the phone, uh, which is pretty good. Like, it's pretty good stuff of just, like, overwhelming odds against him, but he's still doing the, like, all right, so you're going to let her go and give the Gato back and just leave. It's like, pfft all right what's what's option b i make you do that <laughs> and they start laughing in his face and it's just like and then he pulls the plug like punches the camera or something and they're just like oh geez okay we got to lock down the town and there's like 50 guys with machine guns there's the whip guys and everything and the rock, at this point so doesn't stacked. have a gun yet no he's not even going to use a gun he's just going to walk in unarmed and just take care of it where do we see this happen? I I feel like Kurt Russell did this or something where he just walked into a place with nothing in, in tombstone. Right. He goes into that bar with no gun and is just like, no, I'm going to take care of it. I just got, I'm just going to go take care of this. And it's like, what don't you want something like it's similar to that where it's just like, wow, look at the confidence of this Earp guy. Yeah. That's the scene (laughs) or whatever.
1: That's, that's the scene in that movie where he embarrasses. Who does he embarrass? Is it Billy Bob? Right. Is it Billy Bob? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, there's this, you know, gun-toting, drunk guy just causing problems, and he's just like, okay, I just gotta go sort this out or whatever. Like, he has that kind of cool cool demeanor thing. Uh, This is kind of like that has to to go take care of it, but the first opening salvo is a stampede of cattle. Like, there's just hundreds of cattle just rampaging through the town uh and you get Christopher Walken just kind of reacting to everything just like that's a lot of cows like just saying dumb stuff
1: Christopher Walken (laughs) is having a good time with this role because he's just being allowed to be like that meme character he created for himself from Saturday Night Live performances where he's just like yeah saying things in his inflection
0: yeah his halting speech pattern he also gets a really jaunty hat at some point (laughs) and I was like that's Great. That's and then great. there's a, <laughs> yeah. like
1: we'll get to it with his final scene where he's just like whoa like he's like Wow. like it's just he says whoa in a really great way so
0: yeah yeah oh my gosh uh, so, so anyway bunch of cattle tr- rampage through and then suddenly the rock is there and like these mercenaries are kind of just, just like oh and then he starts punching people and hitting people and stuff yeah and here is where something weird happened to my viewing experience because this music starts playing and I just went, whoa, whoa, why have I heard this exact piece of music so many times in my life? I've, I've seen this movie before, but that can't be right. And it slowly dawns on me that in 2005, before Nintendo revealed the Wii, there was a hoax video that someone made that purported that Nintendo's revolution system was going to be a VR helmet. And they made this elaborate, like, eight-minute trailer And it uses this entire piece of Harry Gwigson Williams music during this bit. And I was just like, that's what this is. This is this is that stupid thing, that fake video. I like the, So I had to watch it after. This to is confirm. a very
1: specific to Nathan experience.
0: So specific. I thought this video was a bigger deal than it allegedly is, because it has like 350,000 views or something on YouTube. Like yeah, it is like a forgotten. Piece I, got, of I don't nerd even know what you're trivia. talking about, but
1: here you are with this very specific <laughs> cultural moment I'm just like hundred
0: percent real true. <laughs> just look up the Nintendo on hoax, I guess, That's on right. YouTube. Every beat of this song is is like ingrained in my memory from this very weird, excited time about Nintendo games. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was super crazy hearing that play while The Rock is kind of just going around fighting all these dudes amidst all this chaos. Uh, ridiculous. But anyway, we should get to the the decision where he has to like make the call. This, yeah, this so situation sh- is worth guns. Sean <laughs> yeah. William Scott gets involved, right at this point. He's in a bus, like, pinned down by tons of gunfire, like, yeah. screaming for help and stuff. And Rosario yeah.
1: is also, like, at all. Like, it's, like, he has to make, he has to, he has to almost be in two places at once, but can't take care of everybody with his fists anymore, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. They they put him in a posi- an impossible position. And he already has two shotguns in his hands, but he's been hitting people with
1: them. Yeah, he's been punching so... people with the shotguns uh yeah and then the music really kicks up at amp here and he gets up and he chooses like all right fine let's do this and he just uses shotguns in ways that i wish more people in movies felt like they could use shotguns
0: it's pretty amazing like <laughs> as video game fans in like 2003 or whatever this was gangbusters with me and my friends like this was great stuff like like, he's dual wielding yeah rifles like
1: long barreled shotguns he's holding them straight arm which is pretty impressive because these don't look like rubber ones like these look like just proper size guns maybe Mm -hmm. they're like hollowed out a bit but like he's still straight arming these shotguns and then because he's dual wielding using his armpits To cock. To pump them. Pump them. Yeah. And then even (laughs) at one point, putting them together and using his extra long finger to blow, to shoot both at the same time as like one shotgun. I
0: don't know. I was. Yeah. He's like a marksman with these. Like he's hitting dudes on buildings like 50 yards away. (laughs) Shotgun. shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's,
1: he's marksmaning it up. But then like it all devolves into a guy has a sniper on him. He knocks the sniper gun out of his hand and goes flying through the air. He catches it midair and straight arms a sniper rifle at yep. uh, and knocks. He, like
0: no scopes, <laughs> no the scopes. The handgun out of Christopher Walken's hand.
1: Out of Christopher Walken's hand, and he goes,
0: "Whoa!" <laughs> like it's. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> I swear there was a TV spot for this movie that also had him saying, "Ow." in a very great way (laughs) but that's gone now that's like part of marketing history or whatever it does not take place in the movie but yes his his like whoa kind of moment uh and then the whole village is kind of just turned against christopher walken right like they have him they have the slave driver like pinned down yeah they
1: have the the leg up oh there's one more really quick he kind of like comes to head to head with the whip guy there's now there's three whip guys
0: that's right and there's a
1: great sequence where he's on his hands and knees and he has to push up into the air jump while being whipped and he whips over and under whips in the air flying at him
0: right he's like dodging whip hits yeah by just acrobatic business and then yeah he has two pistols at one point and takes care of two of the whip guys yeah and then his hands get whipped together by the third guy and he has to take care of him How does he best that guy? Like the ultimate. You've seen this yes,
1: like much, much more recently than
0: me. Oh, I gotta fish through my memory here. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think how he would turn the table in some sort of ironic way. (laughs) You know? It might not be. It might just be like he grabs a
1: whip from him and then just like pulled him to a punch. I don't know if he punched him out. Yeah. Anyways. Um so Either way. While you're thinking about this. So he, he has finally like turned the table on Thatcher, Thatcher. uh, How does Thatcher take a bullet to the gut? Oh, it was Rosario.
0: Well, no, no. It's like an option, a option B thing where it's just like, all right, you still have a chance. You can just leave or you can, you know, get, we'll make you do that. And he's kind of just posturing and talking and just like insulting all the villagers. He calls them Oompa Loompas at one point. And he keeps going for his pistol. Like, yeah. it's just right there. And he, he picks it up. And I think t- uh, some villagers shoot him a couple yeah, times. Yeah, some villagers shoot him. That's what it is. He it's gets shot in of the from gut. the crowd. He gets shot twice. Yeah. Like, ah,
1: um, yeah, I do like that B option. So
0: I mean, that A option. Option. So, I will take option A. And yeah. then he, like, starts to walk away. But he's he's done. Like, he's has been shot. Yeah. And
1: yeah. then they ah, celebrate. Ish. And... They have the gato, they have Freed the Town, and Beck has his his prize.
0: Actually, yeah, there there's a moment where it's kinda like, Oh, I think I think Sean William Scott ran away. I'm gonna have to just get him again or whatever. But then he shows up and makes a big show of just like, see, I am an honorable person. I brought the gato back. How about that? You all thought I was just a goofball. I'm actually really great. And then he gives the gato to Rosario. Yeah. And then they, they part ways, and then she holds it up, and the village is like, yay, we're free. And so, then they hit it head, head for the plane. Yeah, I guess so we they, didn't even talk about how the Scottish guy helped out with this whole situation with the bagpipes, yes. but whatever. <laughs> that happens. It wasn't a great the, the It's like maybe the stampede was kicked off by angry cows and bagpipes. Yes. That, that's my theory. Oh,
1: and but he's it, just it yelling random stuff in the streets, too like trying to be poetic yeah or something. he
0: yells some biblical stuff or something yeah. about like hey you better watch out like uh, beck is gonna get you he's gonna like smite you or something was, yeah but... i know
1: he's yeah. speaking like old timey language like old like these and dies and thous. um yeah so we cut back to la beck makes uh like falls through his promise he delivers showing scott to his dad but then beck decides and then his dad kind of like really solidifies himself as being a dirtbag because he's just like tearing into his son and how useless he is and blah, blah, it's blah, like, blah.
0: You're going to have to get on the plane to Chicago and pay the pickle man or whatever. Like he's going to turn him over to some gangsters. He insulted or something by sleeping yeah. with one of their wives, something like this. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, there, there's kind of a, a trick up uh Beck's sleeve, which so yeah, Beck <laughs> kind of was like, Hey, well, a little silly.
1: do you want to try this uh new fruit that I discovered down in there? And he pulls out the fruit that Rosario used on them, and these guys then, these big comical like mafioso thugs start seeing each other with the big eyes and the goofy faces, and they pass out. And then,
0: really quickly too. Yeah, very quickly. Their metabolism is strong. Way faster. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, And then you go outside, and Beck is gonna take off, and Shyam Scott's like, "Oh, I'm coming with you." And then he has. So we we forgot to do the setup this game earlier, but since there's a recall, we'll do it. So Sean William okay. Scott, when they are facing each other in the jungle before, uh, oh yeah, before maybe it was right after they get, I don't remember, where, but it's around right the time when the baboons. For I shook. think it's
0: after the jeep crash, yeah. but before the traps. There, there's kind of this yes. little thing where it's like, hey, you need to stop pushing me around. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something, and then, and then
1: he he lifts yeah. up one leg and he's like, how about a little thunder? lightning thunder lightning thunder lightning and then beck just punches him in the face and it's kind of great yeah like it's just yeah so they pull that back out at this movie and at the end of the movie and he you think that he's gonna actually try something but then like midway through doing his amp up he just stops he's like no i'm just joking i'll get in the back like like it's just (laughs) great and i was just like and then they just kind of the movie seemingly promises that there will be a rundown too because they're like driving off into the sunset these two guys
0: like more adventures huh
1: But then I guess it only made eighty million off of
0: eighty five, so it's there's no more adventures. So that that totally won't happen, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean I I I still like this movie. I think there's there's fuel there that could have happened, but reading about like, oh, this like did way worse than I imagined. Yeah. (laughs) Like I just kinda was like, Oh, I'm gonna write this off. Like it's cute someone asked him asked Peter Berg about in two thousand nine, but dude, come on. (laughs) Like that's not gonna happen. That's not how Hollywood works. Uh, so yes this is a, this is a one and done bit of business but hey i guess he'll probably like make some great mushroom dishes or something and become a chef I and guess so. him and his buddy will just be rich LA citizens he mentioned the lakers at some point you know he's going to go see some lakers games oh yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah sure so, um, yeah, just just a light pulpy action comedy yeah oh it's know? just like pretty, yeah pretty it's solid
1: easy it's an easy ride that kind of goes by quickly and smoothly like it's not yeah yeah
0: my my only like beef was the that kind of nonsense indiana jones trap i just thought wasn't staged well like I, I oh it's not because it's much. it's an
1: afterthought in a in a weird in a movie that's not really about those things
0: yeah so, so i i just didn't love that sequence especially and then uh I, I, yeah by and large though like he does get to do the thunder and lightning bit on a on just a henchman, like just just a dude in a store. He gets to have a little fight and yeah. actually land those kicks or whatever. Um, and maybe maybe Rosario shoots the whip guy. I think maybe? I think there's a kind of standoff moment where it's like, whoa, like this this sniper is gonna shoot like uh, the Rock, and then Sean William Scott shoots the sniper, and then there's another dude that Rosario takes care of. And then he gets to do his one handed sniper magic. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's kind of a teamwork moment there. But anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the Beck Beck took care yeah. of it, man. He he did the rundown and then there's a song where it's just like run down, run down over the credits. And I was like, Yeah, great. This is stupid. <laughs> so whatever. That that's yeah. this movie. So M V P time, I think you're up first.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm up. Uh man, so I have one honorable mention, but then I have a real. MVP. Okay. So my honorable mention, sure, uh, is Christopher Walken. Just because, I mean, th- I mean, it's worn down on me a little bit, but at, like 2003, this is like cowbell. This is like uh, weapon of choice. Like this is before memes were a thing. This is like the most memified person out there. Peak of his energy. Sure. And he was, like, really leaning into comedies around this time because he was on Wedding Crashers the year later um, and, like, just really kind of, like, doing comedy at this point. And so for me, like, Mm -hmm. this was, like, perfect because, like, he doesn't have to do anything serious and he only really gets – like, any all of his scenes, he just kind of gets to do whatever he wants, which is have that stilted language broken up by, like – very Yeah, like, kind
0: of chew scenery, but still keep his feet on the ground. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so
1: he, he just makes it really extra entertaining. Uh, I do like The Rock in this movie, but for me, it's, like, Sean William Scott is the MVP. I'm just, like... Okay. I just really enjoy him, generally. I don't... Similar to you, like, I just have, like, a fondness for him, but, like, it's... He's always, like... It's almost like um, a Patrick Wilson level thing where it's, like, man, this guy is so great. I wish he got more opportunities or more vehicles or something where he could go and shine yeah. more often. Because when he does yeah. show up and he shines, it's like, oh, this is this is great. What what is the world got a problem with this guy for? And it's like...
0: Man, I, I should watch Role Models again. Like, I remember he gets a big part in that. Yeah, and, and he I is funny in that. that. I find a while.
1: the movie's a bit of a downer because it's like the Paul Rudd, like, curmudgeon era where he was just like a curmudgeon in a few of his movies. It's just like oh, Paul Rudd he? being really... Well, Negative, and I'm like, doesn't he lighten
0: up over the course of it and get into LARPing? Uh, he lightens up, but it like
1: it's kind of just part of his character to be like a complainer about things, like a critical person.
0: Okay, just kind of a wise ass or whatever.
1: Yeah, Um, and a bit of like a a gloomy Gus type of thing. Like he's like his opening scene is like he's in a line at Starbucks and someone's ordering, and he's like, wait, why did you not know your order before you got to the till? Like he has a whole thing, and it's like. He's trying to be like a Seinfeld, but just like, like with old
0: man rant or something. Yeah, like, but I'm
1: like, man, you're Paul Rudd though. Like, you should be happy. Just be Life cool, good man. You, man. You should
0: be like the dude, like all the so time. Speaking you know of which, yeah, <laughs> there's this great gag in
1: he's in uh, Turtles, the new Turtles movie. Uh, he plays Mondo oh, yeah. Gecko, and it's he's kind of great. But in the credits, he comes last, and he gets an an introducing Paul Rudd, <laughs> and famously <laughs> credits. Where they say introducing, it means, like, it's their first on-screen appearance. This,
0: this it's a big debut. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind movies of movies there, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. You may remember um, him from
1: Friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah lots of things. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So Sean Williams Scotch is like, a guy where he, he just, in my mind, like, I've seen him in so many things I've really liked him in as a leading man, as a funny guy, as all these things. But, like... I don't know. I think Stifler might have really like locked him down, like as a character where he just could never
0: kind of kind of typecast him for a while there or yeah. something. Yeah, it's it's a little unfortunate. Um, But yeah, I, I honestly also chose John William Scott. OK, uh, I just want to let you say your say your bit on him as well. Yeah, th- this this was the movie that kind of put him on my radar, I think, and made me a fan of his. Um, and probably led to me watching the promotion and all those things we were talking about earlier. I I feel there's other solid contributors here. Like I actually thought it was a pretty fun, goofy action score like Harry Gregson Williams did. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, Christopher Walken, Rosario is actually pretty good. And I like that they don't treat her character as like just a pop tart or anything. She's just a serious rebel character. There's no like anything untoward about her at all she's just like no i'm just I'm well, trying and to like save my village
1: they they hint at this like sean william scott has the hots for her but she very clearly yeah. later in the movie establishes like no like i'm not interested my whole like, goal is to free no my i need to get town. this
0: treasure to save my people yeah. or whatever yeah like she's like, all business which and then nothing
1: of comes of that because that's not her story right like it's not she's not serving sean william scott's story she's serving her own so
0: yeah 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 so, so, yeah, pretty, kind of refreshing. So, I guess the writing also is pretty fun, like, yeah. pretty solid. And, honestly, the directing, like, there's way. some
1: good usage of slow-mo. Uh, there is the rock walking away from an explosion. And I actually oh, like that explosion sure, because... it kind of billows with the heat. Yeah, because they have the yeah. blast wave come, like, a second later. And it's like, oh, that's yeah, actually kind of realistic. Good. So, yeah.
0: And then you cut to Sean William Scott going, ooh, and, like, flying <laughs> through the air. Not cool. And... <laughs> that's that's solid that's, yeah. that's okay stuff it is uh, pretty solid stuff yeah um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, yeah it's a lot of, lot of solid contributions like good group effort but yeah Sean and scott i think get like especially now watching it for the first time since the uncharted movies it was kind of all i could think about it was just like <laughs> oh he's kind of just a nathan drake type character like it's just like a goofball treasure hunter oh, he's who, to be
1: fair isn't he almost the right age of what nathan drake is in is in the games
0: in 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 his 30s yeah like i guess he's in his 40s 30s in the first games yeah okay yeah that's i don't know they just
1: the movie just was like went in a perplexing direction where it was like let's make him 21 or something like that and it's like
0: what Indiana jones for like a minute yeah oh the the uncharted movie yeah the uncharted yeah but just so, yeah, like he's got his little treasure journal and stuff and he's trying to just do all that stuff. <laughs> just like, oh I, was this a was this a Panther like in the stonework or whatever? <laughs> There's just dumb little thing with that. But sure. anyway, yeah, solid, solid business from him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, unanimous MVP, Sean Williams Scott. Yeah. Uh, put yeah, him in. And more the,
1: stuff I mean the Rock Hollywood. The Rock also did a does a good job. Like I said, he's this is one of those movies where I'm like, oh, this guy has potential to be a big action star and yeah this is a better example of it where like we said this a couple times this and he, is a yeah
0: b- he balances the toughness and the likable funny well and and then
1: even also, makes like so. like that scene you talked about at the beginning of the movie where he goes and talks to his boss and he, that scene doesn't come across as like brash or egotistical or like oh this guy thinks he's all that it just comes across as like actually concerned for the well-being of others like he's just so confident in himself he knows. <laughs> And it's, like, it's plays... i like,
0: really hurt these guys.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it plays well towards his character, rather than a... Another person reading that same line could sound like a dick. Like, sound like, oh, you're so full of yourself, or something like that. He does it yeah. so... So, I, I can't take that away from him. Uh, but, yeah, like... So, I want to give it to The Rock, but I just think Sean William, for me, just like
0: outshines him a little bit in in a few of these scenes and stuff like that well yeah it's a good pairing i guess just with yeah having your comedic actor alongside oh yeah it's like in 48
1: hours it's like oh nick nolte's doing a solid job but like but he he's helping eddie murphy shine though like you can't eddie murphy is the big star but if without nick nolte being like a straight lace like gruff grump eddie murphy doesn't really get a chance to shine much brighter you know so
0: and then Tanoi Reed is the guy actually taking all these bumps and getting thrown through the <laughs> yeah. air. So you know, props to him. Also, <laughs> yeah, to I him. think he won an award of some kind. To be fair,
1: I think he's books, been his like so. body double like from day one. Like I think he's still his okay. stunt double to this day. Type of thing. Great. So.
0: Well, that works out. Yeah. So yeah. All right, time for questions. Um, I just have one. I guess let me just see how I wrote it. I, I kind of teased this when we went to a baseball game, uh, but. Why does it seem like people don't like the Spy Kids movies? <laughs> There's kind of a huge gulf between what critics said at the time and how those scores look now for audiences. Like it just seems okay, like Okay, so I made the observation. Something
1: yeah, I made the observation and I still stand by this because I also made an observation before we started the podcast today. So, yeah. IMDb scores, IMDb I think has an unbalanced... Like, their members are unbalanced towards Gen X and older millennials
0: who have a tendency... Like, the user base is pretty old, in so, a way, And a, a lot a of men. And their tendency... Like, they're okay. probably about 10
1: years too old for when Spy Kids came out. And probably a little bit of toxic masculinity seeps into their lives, so they can't have fun with movies that they're too old for. Okay. And, like... The best example I can think of this is like, what's their top, the top 250 on IMDb is a bros list. Like it is a bros (laughs) cinema list. There's no space for feminist or European or cultural cinema in there. It's always like violent bro cinema movies, like set movies from the seventies, Shawshank Redemption and superhero films. Like every Nolan movie. Yeah.
0: Is in the top 250 this is what i mean except like tenant. so yeah. that tells me
1: who their base is right when i go to like letterbox yeah. letterbox top 250 is very different very very different because it's okay. more younger millennials and gen z that are on it now I actually i didn't go I look, look into spy kids so my theory might okay. fall apart here but i'm gonna open it up and i'm gonna check out spy kids
0: yeah, I, I know the scores for the first three Spy Kids just in my brain, so we'll see how they stack up.
1: Okay, so uh, Spy Kids... Okay, so on on Letterboxd, it's a 2.9, but looking at... You can see where people put the different scores. There's a massive yeah. bump at five stars. There's almost nobody has 4.5 oh, okay. stars, but a lot of people have five stars.
0: Do a lot of people have one star then? Uh, the no,
1: it, it averages out as like um from two and a half three three and a half is like where it's sitting was most of its stuff
0: okay so it averages that's sets. probably actually where i'd put it as yeah. like well you did
1: you did you put it at three and i no, you put okay. it at three and a half and i put it at three so we're about where most people are okay um spy okay. kids so two sits so at 2.7 which i think is crazy because i think it's better yeah um yeah and again like it's all that there's a it's like a the Venn diagram is up in the middle. And again, there's a massive bump at five stars. So clearly there's, okay. like, I'll tell you the number. Actually, There's we're some like, passion. Like, 4.5,000 people said five stars. 1.5,000 said 1.5 stars. But three stars was 21,000. Okay. So we're just above the biggest bump there. And Spy Kids 3D will be the lowest at 2.3. And that has a bunch of one stars.
0: Yeah, that, those actually roughly equate to the IMDb scores because it's, like, 5.6 for the first one. I want to say 5.4 for the second one and then 4.3 for the for the third one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, yeah, the thing that brought this to mind was watching the third one and kind of trying to, like, puzzle out, like, is this movie supposed to look ridiculous and bad, like, in a way that's, like, funny? Because it's sort of doing that. And if if so, then it's intentional, and that's that's pretty funny. But if not, yeah, this movie has horrible special effects and is really bad. But I don't know, like the I, I have a tendency to think to that, the,
1: like looking at Robert Rodriguez's career, he I think he does intentional bad on purpose.
0: Yeah, right? I don't think he's like inept at green screen or something. Like yeah, I think like, he, no, no, I wanted it to look like the characters' feet are kind of sliding weird, like a video game. yeah or that's just like
1: his limitations like because you look at like sin city and he used his limitations to benefit him right in sin city Mm -hmm. and make it look more fake in a way yeah but he wanted to make it look more comic booky and then you go to like planet terror and he's intentionally making choices that are bad right like to make things look worse but like it's supposed to look campy though so
0: i don't know i still love that barbecue joke though it's really good anyway (laughs) Um, it's just like, oh, that man's been eviscerated and there's guts everywhere. and It's just like, no, no, I just had some barbecue and then I passed out. And He's like eating sausages. I just wonder, anyway. first of all, do you
1: know what the box offices on those movies are? Because I don't think they're huge either, though.
0: Oh, man, not offhand. I was under the impression the first two did really well. But, but I maybe that's relative to my, relatively low budgets.
1: Yeah, to its thing. low budget. But here's the thing. I just wonder if, like, the people that do love it are not the movie nerds that would go and onto a website and rank their movies or rate their movies like imdb or letterboxd too you know what i mean yeah just... like it might belong okay. to the a... the type of kid who grew up like like they watched this as a kid but now they're just like oh yeah this is i liked him when i was a kid did you just write i this... guess so did yeah. you write this score oh somebody named spongebobbington is literally says, okay. What is up with this IMDB score? And he gives it an eight out of ten. No, He's I, just like
0: <laughs> No, I haven't I haven't done that. But I, I'm with that guy in terms of like these aren't that bad. They're kind of fun. Like what's going on? Yeah. So yeah, because four point three is, is abysmal and the fives is very tepid, you know? Like I, I kind of thought they would Oh, Fives in my in mind place. is like an un
1: is a potentially unwatchable movie. And these movies are yeah. supremely watchable.
0: I I think so. Like, I watched one again last summer and three just recently. And And you skipped the better one. I remember two being my favorite. I know. I remember two being probably my favorite one, but I've only seen it in a theater, like, decades ago. So, but, yeah, I I think it was, like, they, they were perfectly timed for me to be kind of a young teen and my sister to be the exact perfect age to see them, so we would see them as a family. And weird. It's just fun. There's just a lot of, you know, big-hearted lessons about family and friendship and whatever. Yeah, oh, for sure. But also dumb spy stuff. I, I guess, surely they're ranked better than the Cody Banks movies, right?
1: I assume <laughs> so. Know? This is really weird. Two, for whatever reason, had a big drop-off, and three is the highest grossing of the whole franchise.
0: That... I guess that's the 3D interest, maybe. Maybe, that's but it wasn't 70. like
1: real 3D. It was like you got given like the red and yeah. the red and blue. This
0: this is like 2003, really early 3D bring, coming back. Well, into, into cinemas, yeah, yeah, coming back into cinemas. Like the
1: 50s and the 80s both had a lot of experimentation with 3D.
0: It had eras of 3D, but this was kind of like. But hey, this is this pre is Avatar,
1: and... and everybody in the world making their movies 3D. I,
0: I, th- I'm pretty sure it was this movie where. James Cameron is thanked in the credits, though, as, like, it was kind of Ghost in the Abyss era stuff where he was oh, okay. starting to look at 3D. So it was kind of funny to me that Haha, his name's on this thing. Uh, yeah, but, it's yeah, crazy. It's a big reason I was. Even? Yeah. Sorry, even the critics of 3,
1: like, there's some real people. Like, Claudia Puig gave this a 3 out of five, 4 stars. There's somebody on here from Film Threat that gave it on uh, perfect score for, like, game over. Uh-huh. So like these critic scores are still significantly higher than
0: than the audience score, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean one in like one is at like ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, two is seventy five, and then three is is a bit of a drop off into like the forties or something. Um, but, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I mean, know, man. I guess they're... it just kind of got long in the tooth, but maybe, maybe yeah.
1: they're just like forgettable, like they don't have the same legacy anymore. But they were huge at the time.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I like him. I don't know. I, I, I still kinda look at him as like decent, solid, fun stuff. Like yeah. kind of some high profile cameos. You get George Clooney as the president. Yes. Uh apparently wearing his pajamas below the camera. <laughs> like he's he's just in his house like, yeah. doing a favor for people. Uh but it's it's still funny. And then you get like four Stallones talking to each other in the third one. Yeah. Uh Elijah Wood has a pretty great one joke appearance. I, I I couldn't believe he was in it. And it made me think... Well, it was he was like, in... Oh, yeah, because of Sin City. Yeah. And I was like, no, wait. No, this is before Sin City. This was, like, the second thing. This is after the faculty is why he's here.
1: Yeah, you so know? he's already done, like, a few things. He's done three things with uh, Rodriguez type of thing.
0: Now. Yeah. But this was, like, right in there as, like, oh, no, like, apparently he had a good time on the faculty, which is great. Yeah, I think, I think Rodriguez
1: really is a guy joke. who's just built a lot of friends that... And he his way he works, it's not like arduous it's not like a six month shoot to make a movie with him. It's like he is known no. for like, oh, this movie was shot in twenty one days. Like
0: Like this this actually came in ahead of schedule and below budget. It's like oh, Yeah, okay, like where Steve great. Buscemi
1: can show up and be like, Oh, cool, I'm only on set for five days. Great, let's do it. Like I can it's mm-hmm. not like
0: hard Or ten shoots. minutes or whatever in three. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Like he's he he's pretty like, I mean, I remember his big DVD feature he had for almost all of his movies was like called 10 minute film school where it was like, he would show you in all of his sets of his movies. He'd do it like a 10 minute class on how to be a, like a filmmaker, but like on a budget. And so, okay. because that's his big thing with troublemaker studios, he's always on a budget. Like he produces all of his own movies. So he's making his movies count towards, and he's, able to attract I think a big cast because he can work quick but still maintain a high quality that makes sense Mm -hmm. so
0: I just find his balance really interesting like it's like like he's right there with Tarantino in terms of like ultra violent crazy content to the point where they've collaborated several times yeah but then he's also making like a huge library of goofy kids movies and crossing them over like it's with one main character (laughs) yeah Yeah, Danny Trejo showing up as machete in like the raunchiest, like trauma esque, violent movies, and then also, Yeah, yeah, he's their uncle's machete. Uncle Machete, he's fun. (laughs) Yeah, he's got gadgets at his house or whatever. Any kid that grew up watching
1: Rodriguez movies with Antonio Banderas is eventually going to be like, what else is this guy making? And be like, oh, okay. Oh
0: wow, he killed like fifty people in this movie. That's so weird (laughs) because he's just like goofy dad in the in these other things. So I don't know. It, it's just endearing in some way. I'm re- I I guess I'm really happy Rodriguez has this balance of like this other filmography. Well, you know he's just, making like, a fifth Oh no, he's, one. he's a good dude. He's not crazy. Yeah. You know he's making a fifth. Yeah, one, I right? saw it. 2023, there's another one coming With out. Zachary Levi uh,
1: as the dad now.
0: Okay. i c I've so. laughed at some Levi business. And then Gina maybe?
1: Gina Rodriguez is the mom and then two new kids. So
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh hey you know like i don't i don't know that i'm the target audience anymore obviously because i'm in my late 30s but uh i don't know i just don't know who the the target audience is because
1: he made another one for netflix where he brought in his he folded in spy kids with his lava girl and shark boy but i'm like who remembers adventures like other than us who remembers adventures of lava girl and shark boy (laughs)
0: I, I was, like, confused watching Spy Kids 3 because I thought Taylor Lautner was in that movie. No. So I was kind of looking for him. And it's like, no, no, he made another 3D kids comedy, like, yes. the next year. He like, made a couple. Oh, he also okay, made one called sorry.
1: Shorts that everyone forgets about.
0: Yeah, it's like an anthology movie, right? Yeah, I think like, so. Hence the Shorts. I yeah. think, yeah, it's weird boogers and giant CG, like, Correct. silly yeah. putty or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But, well, eh, whatever. I just wanted to, like... Like I stumbled on these scores and was kind of like, "What? What's wrong with everybody?" These yeah, are I, fun. Like, in all fairness, summer, you
1: so. and I are both. Before we even had this conversation, both of our scores for these movies are higher than in the, than the letterbox scores are, type of thing.
0: Yeah, but like, we're still it's it's still kind of mid. Like, yeah, not, I'm I not mean, championing it at it. Our highest stars is three point
1: five for you. Have three point five for the first and second. I have it for the second. I have three for the first and then 2.5 for the second, but I'm still higher than the average for all three.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, I'm Yeah, anyway, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll watch the second one again. I'm but, lower for the second. Yeah. I just I remember Crazy Creatures. So There's like crazy Harryhausen-esque creatures going on. Yes, yeah. Uh, in that one, so yeah, exactly. pretty fun. So, yeah. And Danny Elfman did that song for the first one. But maybe, anyway, there's five Maybe there's a kids. Robert
1: Rodriguez batch in our future where we just like look at the films of Robert
0: Rodriguez and alternate, like, the kiddiest kid movie with, like, the viciousest R-rated business that he put out. Yeah, taking place uh, in the strip
1: club just, with the worst name said by the w- the worst way possible ever. Just
0: the scuzziest way ever. And yeah. then c- contrast to, like, and then the next year. <laughs>
1: you know, Cheech Marn will show at, up in his next movie as another uncle or a friend or something.
0: As a like, mechanic character or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh, what? All right. I know. right. Two, two sides of the same coin. It's yeah. interesting. But anyway, uh, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you'd like to send a question for a future show, email ryanokavio.ca or nathanokavio.ca. You can also reach us on Instagram, OKVOPodcast. Should we bother signing up for threads? Let us know by emailing okaviopodcast at gmail.com. I I think it kind of came and went really quickly, but it's sort of... I don't think it
1: went anywhere. I think it's just here now.
0: I think it's just the the user kind of interest dropped quickly but maybe maybe it'll last anyway next week we are continuing to spend time with former calgary Peter dwayne johnson in a movie i'm very excited to watch for the first time walking tall speak softly and carry a big stick until then i'm nathan and i'm ryan bye-bye for now